This week on the Lord of Grantham podcast, we divert from what we typically do to ring in the new year with our friend Jim Carter, who plays a character by the name of Abacus Crunch in the new movie that's sweeping the world, Wonka. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. Hey. If you are wise, you'll listen to hey. me. Hey. They say they did it before, Wayne. The business. Not like this. And a little late this week, but it's the holidays, but we're back. Lord to grant the podcast. How's it going, Corey? I'm doing swell, Dave. How about you? Well, good, good too. We just left <laughs> the movie theater probably 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. We saw Jim Carter, Abacus Crunch. <laughs> and none other. Wonka. The we're movie here. Wonka. And Dolby. And Dolby. We wanted to hear the songs as loud as we possibly could. Yes. No, I think a lot of people were shocked at the song. I don't think we were shocked at the songs, but No, we've heard enough uproar that people were surprised this was a musical to know what we were getting ourselves into. Mm-hmm. Now I guess any before we get into things, I mean the holidays passed. Do we have any yeah. news on our programs in the No, other than we just walked out of the movie and heard that our boy from Belgravia, Tom Wilkinson, had passed. R. I. P. R. I. P. I I don't think he was gonna make an appearance in the next season of Bel. Sorry, Bill Gravia. Bill Gravia. <laughs> uh, but it's a shame. Great, one of our finest British actors that we know. Oh yeah, great, great. I mean, it probably. <laughs> I, I want to say character actor, but I think that might be offensive to someone like Wilkinson. No, but he popped up in a lot of movies where it's like, oh, it's Tom Wilkinson. I didn't yes, know he was in yeah. this. I'm happy to see him. My, I mean, first one that comes to my mind is Michael Clayton, which yeah. came up in our group chat, which yep. we saw together in the theater years and years ago. Yeah, Mission Impossible Four <laughs> for no reason, just other than to collect a paycheck. Tom but he's, he's a he's a guy, you know. He's definitely. I mean, I guess he's kind of that guy. I mean, he shows up in Belgravia as that guy. He served no other role than just to be like, "Hey, I'm a name. I'm lending my legitimacy to your your show here. Enjoy, enjoy my legitimacy, everybody." Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Rest in peace to him. Also, I think we didn't touch on this a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I keep thinking about bringing it up. And I said, you know, sorry, Tom Wilkinson, <laughs> but uh, the, Garrick the dog passed away. Garrick. <laughs> From Poldark. From Poldark, the dog proper passed away. When did you when did you find this news out? You didn't think to tell me? It was in our Lords of Grantham Lounge, so... Oh, I did not see that. It's been it, a busy few been, weeks. It's been a busy few weeks, but I saw this and I kept men- meaning to bring it up live on the podcast. Because this is the Golden Retriever that is the... I don't know Golden Retriever is the breed. It's it, a mutt of sorts. It's a mutt. Um, but it, it never aged on the show. It stayed the same. And uh, even though the show takes place over the course of decades, the, the dog did not age at all. The dog did, not, and the dog lived until, you Four. know, ripe old age. Uh, Barley was the name of the dog. Thirty uh, forty. Elaine Eleanor Tomlinson. That's um, what's her name? The dog. No, that's the name. The actress. Oh, okay. Demelza oh, uh, posted on December eighth oh, okay. that Barley. How old was Barley? It doesn't say. Oh, okay. So we'll never know. R.I.P. The ageless dog. R.I.P. I mean, that's, Garrick the that's dog. That's quite a life for Garrick the oh dog. Oh my gosh, that's a celebrity so, right there. You know, we. I'm surprised they only used one dog for the show. You'd think they'd have multiple dogs on that set. I mean, there's not too much of a physical demand. It's not like a, a creature feature. I mean, there's a Poldark Children series of just Garrick yeah. the, the causing of, trouble. Of, of Garrick are pretty sparing on the show. Yeah, doesn't uh, do too much. He just kind of sits there and is annoying. No, but rest in peace to, obviously Tom Wilkinson, a human. With a wonderful career, and also Barley the dog. Please feed some dog treats to, to Barley yeah, when you get a chance. Give, give your dog an extra hug and your 
local British character actor. Yeah. But, but we are yeah, we are here to talk about speaking of character actors, uh, uh a whole ensemble of them and Wonka. Yeah. So just to preface, the reason why we're talking about this is because of the promotions for this movie has been emphasizing uh Jem Carter, aka uh Carson from Downton Abbey as Abacus Crunch. And we're just like, why are they going so hard on promoting Jim Carter? Is he going to put butts in seats? Well, he had a character poster. He put our two butts in seats. (laughs) He put two butts in seats. (laughs) Whoever photoshopped his picture with the swirly background and made the character poster of Abacus Crunch. Let's say it was not Olivia Coleman. Yeah. The Queen of England for two seasons of The Crown. We were not aware that (laughs) Olivia Coleman was in this movie. I was a, a vaguely aware, but I didn't know okay. how big of a role. Well, she has a pretty big role in this she movie. She is a big role. So how do we want to... We're going to spoil Wonka. I think yeah. it goes without Did saying. Did we like the movie, Dave? Yeah, way more we than did. I expected to. Absolutely. Well, why don't we just start with, what's your history with Wonka, Dave? <laughs> Let's go way back. Well, so this is a question in, in our Facebook group that came up about like our... Because I, I, I made a comment, and I guess I will say, mm-hmm. as a kid, I was a big Roald Dahl fan. Oh, yeah. James and the Giant Peach, yeah, the witches, um, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, which I think we both read. We both read, and I think our my my early senses of elitism came in when no one else had read Great Glass Elevator, but like you and one other kid, yeah. That I felt. I mean, the like, book cover was awesome. It's literally an elevator floating in space, <laughs> yeah, shooting in the space. It's great. So I'm a big Wonka guy, or I thought I was, but I also never had much of a connection to the Wilder movie. Really? Like, I think, like any kid, I knew the Oompa Loompa song. I mm. had seen it. But when people talk about, like, traumatic experiences, thinking about the boat <laughs> scene and how yeah. trippy it is, I have no, like, recollection of being scared by that. They, I recall them playing that on, like, TBS or TNT here on a loop when I was a kid. So I definitely have seen Charlie and Chocolate Factory many times. Uh, and that boat scene where Gene Wilder's roots getting faster, faster, has echoed in my mind sometimes. It's not like a conscious like thing I think about, but that was a pretty unsettling moment as a child. Formative, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then I did, I did. Uh, I think I was in my peak Burton fandom when the uh, Depp one comes out. Never saw it. I think you don't need to. I'm not a Tim Burton fan. Not, not a, a big Depp guy. I think any, you know, I was a nerdy. 16 or 17 year old however old we were when that came out i think it was a little perfect age range for for me to go yeah. again an adaptation of a book that i liked as a kid johnny depp is in his bag at the moment mm-hmm. in that time period i didn't care that it, it was weird because i thought it was more loyal to the book than it was to sure the wilder movie where people seem to have much more of an affinity for the wilder movie than they do for the book which is where I think Wonka comes into play. Right, because all the branding is what we know. You know, when we think of Willy Wonka, even more than the books, it's just like all the candy. Because like a lot of children, we had a lot of Willy Wonka branded candy coming up as, as kids. Mm-hmm. The thing that flew me for a loop is this movie is nearly entirely about chocolate. Oh, yeah. And as a kid, I ate boxes of nerds. Like I would literally te- tear the corner off and just dump it into my mouth until I couldn't fit more nerds in my mouth. I was a gobstopper guy. I was a gobstopper. No, I was gobstoppers were my favorite candy, but I would chew them, which you're not oh, supposed to do. that's disgusting. Oh, yeah. I love to chew on them. And what then I had 13 cavities when I was age 17 or 18. From chugging nerds to the face. <laughs> Literally, they were going down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I had many. Well, there was like the Wonka bar, which was like a Nestle Crunch bar. Yeah. But nobody had, nobody got that. No, I was like, give me the nerds rope. I want to see what that's about. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't. I think nerds were too tart for me. Wow. Okay. Another, I mean, I think like any kid, I would eat nerds. I would eat whatever candy I got for Halloween. But in the echelon of what goes mm-hmm. first, Reese's and Snickers and all the, the sure. good peanut buttery chocolates are going way before the nerds. And I will say this about the first movie. The branding is so on with like they have the gobstopper in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it's like, I get to eat what was in that movie? This is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's great. Like, you know, that and bubblegum shrimp have to be two of the best like post-film <laughs> branding oh yeah and and so there's a lot of kids saying can I get a chocolate bar mom and dad and they're like I guess we have to do that oh yeah all the kids leaving the theater were like we want candy we want to fly did you notice Dave when we walked out of the theater they had a whole cart of candy just sitting right there well that's not it wasn't Wonka it was was Mars brand M&M's Twizzlers Uh, so anyways though we, we have a bit of a history so we were like but we went into this we saw the trailer and it was like, this ain't the Wonka I know exactly. I can see what they're going for. They're using a lot of the colorful imagery that they've used for branding over the years. Didn't seem like the... It looked wrong... bad. It looked bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet was really turning up his uh, twee <laughs> yes. uh, antics. And uh, it seemed off-putting. Yeah, definitely. It seemed like the kind of thing that... When we say the pop culture strip mining, we saw the Ghostbusters trailer before this. Oh, yeah. Godzilla versus Kong yeah. or Times Kong. I'm sorry, X Kong. Yeah, all of these movies featuring Downton Abbey, The Crown, uh, Gilded Age alumni. Yeah, so we might be there to support Carrie Coon. Oh right, because what's Dan his Stevens? Name? Dan Stevens is in the Godzilla Times Kong. He's not either Kong or Godzilla. He's just Dan Stevens. He's Dan Stevens. <laughs> yeah, so we may have to see those either. Anyways, but you know, in a world where everything that it's not even things that we love, it's things that we don't like are yeah. being Stripped raw, Kung for, Fu for, Panda Four. Hope yeah. you're ready for it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, this this looked like just another piece of Hollywood garbage. And so the thing that gave me hope is that the director is Paul King, who did the first two Paddington movies, which we both love. Yeah. And the thing that this movie carries on that those two movies did is that it treats its audience with a level of respect. It's not pandering to children. No. It, it's very colorful and it's giving you a lot to look at and it's very simple and, and, and like its story and stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's going for the obvious joke all the time or going for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I know that. I know what they're talking about here. And it seems like to have a certain reverence for the subject material, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the books or the sto- or the Wilder. This this is more respectful for for what the Wilder imagery and iconography than it is for the Roald Dahl. Right, because- Even though now we have the official golden ticket Roald Dahl productions or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie. But, like, it really is uh, so much that uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> My brain is fried. Yeah, we were fried from being around children and staring at the Dolby that, screen. Trying to tune out all that noise. Yeah. Uh, well, where, where are we going? Talking. I think we're moving on from our connection to Wonk. We're talking about post the, the yeah. what well, this movie represents. We thought it was going to stink. And on the in the Facebook group, we talked about how we thought it was going to stink. On this podcast, like, we talked even, about how we thought it was going to stink. Our faith was shaken by that trailer. As much as we tr- trusted the director to do something good, we are yeah. like, I don't know about this one. This may be a bridge too far right here. Yeah, and we were out with some friends of the podcast last week, and, and they were saying they thought this whole thing was like, why would you subject yourself to this? And then we said, Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. our fandom. Yeah. People keep telling us, you know, it's the holiday season. We we have a couple weeks until Belgravia season two begins. 
this this we got Jim Carter, we got Olivia Coleman. Granted, we're here for Carter, not for Coleman. No and offense. we also have Michael uh, Keegan Michael Key from uh, Jingle Jangle, yep. which you, as you so loyal listeners may know, we watched a few years ago. Yep. Like, and the Pat and Paddington is a very formative uh, character in the Lords of Grantham lore. So, oh yeah, absolutely. This, that's what put our butts in these seats, and we were going to go see it if it had a zero percent on Tomatoes, but thankfully, it's in the low eighties or high seventies, yep. and I think that's right where it needs to be. And it it starts with him singing. It is a, so. The funny thing is, this is a musical, but mm-hmm. it's a thing where a lot of movies say where they get so busy with the plotting, the last quarter of this movie kind of forgets some of the songs mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, but it really leans into it. Like you got to be feeling the music, otherwise it's going to be a long two hours for you. Oh yeah, I mean we our 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 jaw is dropped when Mr. Carson starts singing. Oh my god! <laughs> so so I don't think we need to re- recap the plot for people, do we? I mean, we could just gloss over it. We know our boy Willie. He really wants to make chocolate. And that's the point I was going to make earlier, now that's coming back to mind, is they treat him as if he's a magician. Like, it's closer to the Gene Wilder type of thing where he's mischievous and stuff, which he is a little bit in the books, but he's more just odd and weird in the books and Mm -hmm. up to something at all times. Yeah. Here, he's always up to something. Yeah, he's got something (laughs) on his mind. Yeah. He's going to get it. So, yeah, he's uh, doing his old show and dance uh, in the city town square. Uh, he loses money along the way and he has to stay overnight at this uh, house and he signs the contract because we later learn he can't read. <laughs> yep. A weird character wrinkle for Willy Wonka. He's illiterate. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's signed into indentured servitude, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I did not expect for a children's movie. Yeah. And then the character named Abacus Crunch in the movie about making candy is just a dude... Downstairs, who's also indentured servant. I he's, he, he's made it seem like he's been there for years and years, but we later found out he's only been there for about four, four years. years. I was like, Jim Carter just grew up downstairs? This is like his down character times 10, where oh, he yeah. just is only downstairs. <laughs> this is career. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but the first thing we hear from him is, I'm Abacus Crunch. <laughs> That's S- me. Scrub. Scrub. <laughs> and he says scrub about two dozen more times in the yep. movie. Because that's what they do downstairs. They scrub. They just do laundry, yeah. You wonder, how much laundry is going through there if they're the only tenants of this building? Well, um, they said that they're 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 taking clothes from people. Like, they're, oh, okay. they're laundering service. Gotcha. That's how he gets the mailman's pants at one point. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, we meet a whole cavalcade of people downstairs. A yep. comedian who's not very good at it. Uh, a mute uh, telephone receptionist. A... Uh, a woman, a, a black woman from Insecure, who's really good. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's well, the, there's Noodle. We oh, can't noodle. forget Noodle. Little girl Noodle. Little girl Noodle. We always friend. need a little a child friend. Yeah. I can't remember all their names, but they they definitely carve out their own niche of, of characters. And mm-hmm. it is nice to see them all you know, become friends of Wonky. He has a whole team behind him. And yeah, he, so it's Abacus Crunch, Lottie, mm. Piper, and Larry Chucklesworth. He was not very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they all do their jobs well. And he's pitted against this cabal of uh, chocolate... Uh, chocolate cartel, as Abacus Crunch tells us. Yeah. So despite being named what either seems like a breakfast cereal or a candy bar, Abacus, Abacus Crunch is an accountant. Yes. So he worked for... Uh, what's this this guy's name? Slugworth. Slugworth. Uh, they say his name the most in the movie. They says his... Yeah. <laughs> and he is... He's up to no good. The chocolate cartel is a cartel proper. And, and they pay off uh, the 
chief uh, the uh, of police uh, King and Michael Key with chocolate, mm-hmm. who in, get, in proceeds to become larger and larger throughout, throughout the movie, but not in a mean way, more just a sight gag of like, can you believe how big this guy has gotten over the mm-hmm. course of this movie? And he's a cop, so <laughs> yeah, they're, they're taking the, uh, the they're prodding out the cops of the world, sure, <laughs> uh, but. The movie is somewhat predictable in terms of how it's going. It's like, okay, these people are plotting against Wonka. They, they know his chocolate's good, and they can't let him get away with it. Mm-hmm. But it does take some twists in terms of like using the Wonkiness of it to make it feel its own thing, you know? Yeah. Having an Oompa Loompa show up as uh, Hugh... Uh, Jude Law. Not, not, not Jude, Jude Law. Law. Hugh Grant. You, why would you Those two get... They're just British... They're hunk, not even close Former to... British hunks. But Hugh... Hugh uh, uh, of, God, my brain... Hugh Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh Grant is not Jude Law. No. He's a very funny man. But they're both two monosyllabic Hugh Grant, Jude Law, British hunky guys from the 90s. But Hugh, no, Jude Law's not from the 90s. They're early aughts. Late 90s, Jude Law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, we get the Oompa Loompa halfway through the movie. We get Wonka doing his magic of whatever. But the one thing that caught me off guard about this movie is how many effects do these chocolates had on people? People are floating. Yep. They're, they're turning colors. They're doing all kinds of things. It seems like he just knew. He, this guy's a mad scientist. He's a, he's oh, a yeah. menace to society, potentially. Well, he's a menace to society in the original, too. Right. He's a, he, he's doing things that should not be. Defy the laws of gravity. Isn't right. that what Keegan Michael Key's first line is? People yes. just a lot. Defy the laws of physics. Nothing to see here, folks. Exactly. Where's the FDA to approve of these things? Yeah, I mean, this guy opens a shop without any sort of rhyme or reason and all of a sudden has. A store and sells chocolate that makes people grow weird colored hair. And he's talking about how he has like the tears of like Russian clowns and like uh, giraffes milk stuff from Japan and like sounds like he's a plunderer of, of other nations and stuff like that. It's like well, we find that the Oompa Loompas he's stole he has stolen their livelihood from them without even asking. This guy is really just stealing from other cultures and reappropriating it into his candy. Yeah, but I guess who cares if it tastes good? Yeah, and apparently all the other chocolatiers just make like chocolate. It's just yeah. plain old chocolate. Straight so. chocolate. Uh, and they have excess chocolate beneath the city because, you know. They're basically watering down their product because they're the cartel. They're the ones who control. And Wonka is the, the purest who wants to have good stuff out there. Yeah. And so the one thing we learned about Wonka is he's doing this for his mom. Similar to like, you know, Paddington is doing it for his grandma mm-hmm. and stuff. It's all about the ma. And... Mm-hmm. They do a good job of bringing it in there, I, as much as they can. They, yeah. they they kind of tie it in with Noodle a little bit. Yeah, uh, it does land pretty well at the end. I think you know he's doing it for Ma. <laughs> yeah, he has like a twenty year old chocolate bar he's gonna eat, sitting in his pocket that his mom made him. Probably, I mean, it's gotta be some strong chocolate if it's held up that long. I don't think it would be. I, I mean, a good bit would be he sees his mom eats the chocolate and it tastes terrible, and he's like, "We shouldn't have waited this long." But a nice moment of humor because I think it is a comedy too. Yeah, we could. I think we could have dealt with a little bit more jokes. I, yeah, actually, funny jokes because like everything's kind of like a wink in the eye and like hoping like just upbeat tempo will carry on. But I didn't hear the theater laugh all that much. Yeah, yeah, um, not even for Great British Bake Off's Matt Lucas as one of the no. <laughs> Uh, One of the cartel members. But I think it's the lightness of the feet that keeps the movie going. You don't like think too hard about it. Yeah, at least. exactly. Uh, and the songs are pretty good. I'm not a big musical guy, but the songs were fine. Yeah, the songs were... I'm not going to listen to it on my, my Spotify afterwards or anything like that. I don't need to return to these songs. If I was at a family party and someone put on either the soundtrack or the movie, I would not be upset. Sure. Yeah, it, it does its job. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think like... 
it seems like audiences like the movie. It's a hard movie yes. to not like. Yeah. But that's, I think, where it kind of like is comfortable just being, <laughs> you know? It's just like, it's enough that Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa. There's not much more to it than <laughs> it's Hugh Grant yeah, is an Oompa yeah. He's pop. He's a, it's a pop. Although he gives him a moment at the end where he just kind of like waves him off that made me laugh the hardest in the movie. <laughs> it wasn't even that hard force of a, of a joke or anything. Uh, I don't even know. He's got that. Joke. He's got that. Hugh Grantness to him though. Uh, yeah, we get Rowan Atkinson in here as a priest, a corrupt priest yep. taking chocolate. And I just having just watched Love Actually for the first time and seen him as like a doofy jewelry salesman. Like, yeah, he's Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, he's, he's Rowan Atkinson. He's doing Take his the job. bag, man. It, it is pretty funny because the whole. Well, why don't we just spend a moment on Jim Carter? He deploys the story for the movie that there's this you know cartel of chocolatiers and it's all hidden underneath this church of these people who are the chocolate chocolate loving priests. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he delivers it with such a straight face. Give the man an Oscar for that. Oh like, yeah, honestly, Jim Carter he he gets his paycheck and then some in this. Movie. Well, do you think he's kind of trained for this sort of like I don't I don't know how you would say like straightforward telling of absurdities through like being this the guy he is in Downton Abbey. I think he's keenly aware of how his voice comes off. And so mm-hmm. to have it deliver these patently absurd things, he just knows the humor of care itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think so? Do you think he's like, a, do you think he's a funny guy? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Him and Imelda Stanton, they just look like they're having a ball all the time mm-hmm. together. Uh, but yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, I like that they give him more to do because the weird thing at the beginning of this movie is they say like, oh, Olivia Coleman keeps an eye on all of you throughout. The, you can't do anything. And then it seems like they just get away from their work throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they hatch up the plan with the the dog doing work, the, the dog and then the, them being in love with each other. The the two. Yeah. Another good performance by what's this guy's name who played? Uh, I, I know the voice, but I don't know the guy. Uh Tom Davis, Bleacher is the guy. I think that's a, that might be the standout comic performer. He got a lot of laughs. He's been in other stuff. He's suckers. in Paddington too. Yes, that's where it's probably from. Because he's one of the inmates, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the yeah, he he goes all out. He he wears uh, short shorts, shows off some thigh, and really hams it up for Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, who's kind of doing what I feel like she does a lot of times when she pops up in things. She just throws herself into a character role and just is just, you know, full bore going big. Yeah, you know, she, which is good. Yeah, I think a movie like this, I think, benefits from people being committed to the absurdity of everything. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I feel like that's a credit to uh, the director. Like, yeah, it's not like um, you know, what's a like a Wonder Emporium or I've not seen it, Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. If that's a what movie, I'm saying like a live action family movie of that ilk, where it's kind mm-hmm. of trying to be a little loftier than just a family movie. Yeah. Where this is kind of in the Paddington movies, it's trying to have a sentimental effect on you by the end, which it Mm -hmm. does achieve. I think they really do emphasize that relationship with Noodle throughout. Yeah, and he's just a surrogate father to to her, more or less, even though he can't read. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's nice to see them support each other. Yeah, 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 like he, she gives him the most, so in turn he gives her the most. Yeah, that's good. It was. I like their relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that we're not really sure how old Willy Wonka is, which is I think. You know, if Noodle's supposed to be 15 and Wonka's supposed to be 20, a little weird. I don't think he's trying to date her or anything. No, I don't think he's trying to date her, but I mean, it, it's it's a little nebulous of an age gap. I well, just like some... Tell me Noodle's 10, tell me Wonka's 28. I didn't think anything was going to happen. Uh, but, nothing was, but I did worry about how the fact they kept slipping people chocolates. And it's like, how long until he passes someone th- something where they forgot something? You know? Oh. <laughs> like, I, hey, I, he's a trickster. He is a trickster. I don't know about that. Uh... 
But the one thing about this movie too is it's very smart in how much it invokes directly from the last from like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory back in the seventies. Because as we well, say, that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Aye, right, that's Willy Wonka. The book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the Depp is Charlie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but as we're saying, like it kind of pulls from the Gene Wilder version a little bit in terms of him being mischievous. We get the Oompa Loompa song though, yes, which was so refreshing to hear. There's just a little flute playing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're gonna go in, they're gonna do it. Yep, he's here, and it's as literally infectious as they tell you. Because afterwards, after seeing the movie, I just kept saying to myself, Oompa Loompa, doobity do. <laughs> I mean, it's only the problem is there's only one of them doing it. Whereas in uh, yeah. In the movie, we get the whole little squad. Well, you gotta wait for the sequel to get all the Oompa Loompas. He's gotta win them back. Yeah, the yeah. factory. Uh, but they do the thing too of uh, t- uh, teasing pure imagination throughout the movie, edging mm-hmm. throughout the movie that we we're gonna get it. Now, when you were a kid, was that ever like the thing for you? That song? Yeah, I liked it because I think the way that it, it ends the first movie and like it felt like a nice just cap off to everything. Mm-hmm. It, like I, I do enjoy like hearing that. I feel like I've seen that Warm on a lot feelings. of like yearbook quotes and. Uh, Embroidered pillows. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, eh, I could do without it. Part of it, too, is it's been misappropriated for commercials where you just see it on TV, like pure imagination. Yeah, like a Honda this. Civic. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it didn't feel hollow. It felt okay. nice. It, it, for me, the closest thing I can equate, equate it to is like when they finally start singing at the end of the movie, it felt like hearing the spoiler alert for Transformers Rise of the Beasts when they say, hey, maximalize. Uh, I was like, here we go. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say when you heard Linkin Park at the end of the <laughs> no. first Transformers. Yeah, when they play that in the Wonka, what have I done? I was like, whoa. And now I'm in for a sequel. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> he builds the factory and says, what? I um, <laughs> stupid. Um, Do it. Okay. Yeah. We'll, 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 let's get it for Wonka too. Um, but no, I thought that was well played, the way they kept yeah. teasing it. Because they, they, I mean, obviously the visual element. He's got the top hat. He's got the jacket. Mm-hmm. He is that Wonka. We see like a primitive version of the logo that we see. The golden ticket is in yeah. his mom's chocolate bar to him. Yes, there's I, a, a lot of you know breadcrumbs. Yep. And I, I was say. saying on our drive back, I was looking for maybe an Easter egg or two. Give us like Mike TV's grandpa, or give us Augustus Gloops. Well, they're 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 not even born yet, you know. Well, that's why I said grandpa. The, the, I don't, they don't really identify where this takes place. No, it's because some, he's a he's American, I believe. Yeah. Chalamet. Yeah, he has. I think they even go through the length of Sally. Uh, what's called Sally Hawk having uh, an American accent as his mm-hmm. mother, even though she's not. Uh, but we do know that Abacus Crunch, a Brit, traveled halfway across the country. To get to his job. It kind of looks like they're in Portugal or Spain, honestly, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> it could be some nebulous, fake... King of Michael Key sounds like Jack Trotta mm-hmm. when he's talking. Oh, yeah. He, he trots <laughs> it up. Yeah. But then the cartel is all British people. Yep. So it's a whole mix there. It's Caucasia. Sure. <laughs> Why not? White people land. Uh, yeah. Well... What else is there to say about this movie other than like I, I so I think it's like I was saying earlier, I liked it in some ways like the way they dole out even the the golden ticket and the song there definitely is a sense of they're playing it safe like they want to have a huge franchise from this yeah so I feel like they're playing their cards close to their vest a little bit in terms of getting us what we want and then also maybe withholding like the full effect of like the, the chocolate factory mm-hmm. and everything yeah well I know that they said in one of the the I th- I've watched some interview with Chalamet. Where he said that it's perfect, purposely set because like the first one is set in like the fifties, mm-hmm. and then this one is set in like the thirties. So it's like you know cars are just starting to be so like 
we're not ramping up for some new Wonkaverse. This is supposed to glide us right into Wilder. I think so, yeah. But I mean, obviously, take a little, the this, long road to get there. If we keep making money off of this, then we'll just straight up have a Chalamet, Willy Wonka, and the Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, and Dave, we'll just spend a minute on the Chalamet of it all. Uh, you know, after we left the theater, I heard a mom saying, "Oh, that was that guy that I hear all about, <laughs> Timothy Caramel." I was like. <laughs> Uh, our friend called him Timothy Camelot recently. Like people who don't know how to spell, say Chalamet just don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, uh, he can sing. He can dance. Good, good singer. Proficient singer. Not a great singer. Yeah. Good dancer. Better dancer than a singer. I yeah, because auto tuning you can audibly hear in a lot of the songs in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you hear. I mean, you hear the Abacus Crunch auto tuning too. Do they really need that for Jim the grumbly load? I mean, it's, do you think it, he asked for it? Do you think they wanted to go another three or four takes with him, or do you think he's like? I'd like to go home now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, is Jim Carter on set saying, I want one more try at that. I want to, I can really hit those lows again. But that's the one thing that was disappointing a little bit because it's very clear they're not singing this in the oh, yeah, set. Yeah. They put, the first post. shot looked like some... The first shot was odd because it's like a zoom from the sky. Yeah. And it's clearly like green screen, shallow. It's getting Doolittle vibes, man. Like, is he showing up with a bunch of animals he can talk to? <laughs> you never know. Between the Oompa Loompa and the... The, the hallucinating the flying chocolates. Yeah. Shelly Choc- can dance, though. If you've seen Call Me By Your Name or uh, some of the YouTube videos of him dancing as a kid, this guy can go. Mm-hmm. And I love the use of the cane. Great use of cane. In the yeah, movie. great. Yeah, great. All-time top movie yeah. canes. Yeah. That and the Penguin and Batman Returns. Yes, the great use of cane there. Uh, what, what else is there to say about this movie, though? Like, do we want more of, of this in this universe? Well, do- I think the, the production... Um, the rolled all productions makes me think: Are we gonna get all of these? Are we gonna get the witches? Are we gonna get a new James and the Giant well, Peach? I mean, there was those Wes Anderson adaptations for Netflix this year, three mm-hmm. of them. So I definitely well, those were those were short. Those weren't like the West or the rolled all properties, though. Yes, they were, yeah, but they weren't they were, like were, like Rack uh, Catcher or whatever, or Fox Catcher. <laughs> those weren't the ones. Okay, yeah, that those weren't the prime. Like, yeah, well, we did get the witches recently. They, they made a version during the pandemic that came mm-hmm. out with Anne Hathaway that was supposedly not very good. Well, maybe, maybe this is like the dark universe, and that was the <laughs> Dracula Untold or whatever, like the soft open, and now they have to refigure it out. Oh, B- well, BFG is rarely recent too, right? Yeah, That's- 2016 Spielberg. Hey, I wonder if Spielberg can't crack the BFG. Do we need a BFG movie? We don't need a BFG movie. Do we need? I, I would take a new James and the Giant Peach if you did it right. What about Danny Ma- Master of the World or a Champion? That or, one's a little crazy. too. That one's not whimsical. No, That's, not at all. It's not like hunting uh, uh, pheasants. Yep. <laughs> um, well, are we gonna? I just think about the uh, another spoiler. Not that anyone cares, mm. but the big twist at the end of Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, where GI <laughs> Joe is there, where we're doing a, a cross yeah. a, a multiverse. Are we gonna get a a doll verse? I welcome it. Sure, why not? At this point, yeah, I, I don't. You, you've already taken everything I loved and 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 stripped it for parts. I was hoping like maybe Paddington could like they just make a regular reference to Darkest Peru or something like that. He got yeah. like candy from there. That would be nice, but that'd just be like pointing on the screen like I know the reference. It wouldn't actually mean anything. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I would take a sequel. I would uh, give me more singing and dancing. Yep, uh, you know, keep it, Abacus in there. Yeah. Keep, keep, yeah, well, I mean, I guess all the bad guys are in jail. Chocolate cartel. Well, it's probably they'll get out. You know, the one thing I do want to comment, though, is I noticed this with the end of Paddington. He takes it a little bit too close to the edge in terms of, like, putting these people at in like Toy Story 3. Yeah, because, like, in Paddington 1, spoiler for that one, but, like, someone, there's a gun at play and someone gets shot and it's like, 
wait, really? <laughs> and here, we're led to think that Willie is going to drown in chocolate. <laughs> like, they literally like let the camera linger for a second. Like, there's definitely no air down there. Yep, he's done now. <laughs> he's dead. chocolate. This is bad Thank news. Thank God for the Oompa Loompa. Yeah. So... I just, I always worry about kids. Like, is this too scary for them? Like, is this a little, because even they're pointing a gun at them at the end. And it's like, I know guns are a real thing and stuff like that. But like, thank God I didn't shoot anyone. Because <laughs> yeah. that was enough in Paddington. And they do say like killing a lot. Like, you want me to kill them? Which, as, as we're, we're kids, we're desensitized to that. Kids, they, I don't know what they're being exposed to. Yeah. So. If you're a parent and you're okay with that, I guess let us know. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're not okay. If, or if you want to just engage in conversation with us about how you feel about Wonka, let us know how you're feeling about yeah, it. Yeah. Did it lead you to a world of pure imagination? Yeah. Dave, are you hungry for chocolate now? No, not really. <laughs> I think they, they like liquid chocolate does not no, ever appeal to me. It's not the same. It's a little too tart. And I like a hot cocoa as much mm. as the next guy, but I'm not That's like good. when they show the Oompa Loompa at the end, like putting his little mug into the chocolate river and drinking it. I'm not like, I want that. Yeah. The only thing I keep thinking is like, is the sequel going to be everyone just diabetic? Like, yeah, it, it just, I'm just very keenly aware of. Because he promises one of the girls, you can have as much chocolate as you want for every day the rest of your life. And I was like, do you want her to die in like two years? Like, what are you doing? Walter? We also see what happens to the cop yeah. a couple weeks he's in. He's got another couple days based on how he's going. Oh, yeah. the he can't get movie. out of his car. Yeah. No, the joke would be for him is to come back in the next movie fit as a whistle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then put the weight back on again or something. Yeah, maybe he's tempted. Yeah. We could have a baby face turn because he was, uh, maybe he hates Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did pop at the end where it looked like the Oompa Loompa was eating maybe a gobstopper. Mm-hmm. I was like, there we go. That's the candy I want. <laughs> Give him some nerds. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, enough of this chocolate business. That's not what I'm here for. I want the other candy. It is It is the chocolate factory, though. Despite the, the movie. Well, he's not Mark all- Kelly, though. You can make yeah. other stuff. Like, come on. Like, it should be the, the candy shop. <laughs> yeah, it should, be the, it should be 50 Cent. The candy shop. That's, yeah, all right. That works. <laughs> but By the way, we didn't even mention there was a candy shop in the middle of this movie. Again, which was the biggest loophole for me. Again, they can't get away from the servitude, yet they have the time to open up an entire shop for a day. With with this a lot. But I think, I mean, that's the whimsy of it all, is he makes yeah. the, the impossible as possible. That is true. He is Wonka. But then that doesn't stop people from poisoning he his candy. He a magic hat they pull stuff out of. He milks a giraffe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Let's talk about that. It, and he, he almost that? gets eaten by a tiger. <laughs> that's true. He Because he can't read. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you... I mean... I'm not sure if you're supposed to milk a giraffe, but you probably can. If the thing has nipples, right? As they say. Yeah. 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 So, I think that's all we got to say on Wonka, isn't it? Yeah. Do we have any off-the-cuff power rankings? <laughs> well, I'd say Jim Carter, at a bit-for-bit bit rate, he's got to be a firm number two, I think, going up. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like you might maybe put Abacus at three. Okay. And then you do... I'll put Willie at two, and okay. I'll put... Noodle at one. Yeah, Noodle really comes along. Noodle way. wins the movie, I think. Yeah. You, and on, on the downward ranking, I think the cartel's got to be on the bottom, bottom. All three of them? Yeah. Well, no, Kicking Michael Cuban, number two. Uh, no, I might put the one, the the dude whose daughter or niece is Noodle at like one alone because okay. he really drops, bungles he, the bag. Yes. Then the other two, and then either Ke- well, Keegan Michael Key for health reasons. Or <laughs> then the third, no, number two is the, the helpers. Yeah. Because uh, they get, have a bad ending, but then Kiko Michael. Yeah. As, that's as a, right, so it's uh, our official Lord of Grantham power rankings on, on the Wonka. Yeah. Okay. If Noodle doesn't work for you by the end of the movie, like her being reconnected with her mom, then the movie just doesn't work, I think, yeah. at all. And her dream is that it's the, all in a world of books and she lives in the library. I just hope by the next movie she's just like, you know what? I really like salad. <laughs> have you tried salad? Because <laughs> yeah, be, well, he, he pulls carrots out of his hat. 
True. Because they've been eating slop this entire time. Just wait until she tries real food. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just chocolate out there. There's all these other things. Yeah, that's why she's got to win because she doesn't know what the world's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not at all. She gets dropped off on their doorstep. Yep. Cruel, cruel people. Ugh. Well, all right. You've been watching anything else? Getting up to anything else in this holiday week? Singles Inferno on Netflix, man. It's still going? <laughs> yeah, it's still going. It'll be going for another couple of weeks. 90-minute episodes. Wow. So, you know, it's the best that's... dating rally show on Netflix for my money. I, Are I... they going to make an American version? I don't think they need to. Okay. I don't want it. Is it a hit, enough of a hit that they it's might? It's a huge hit. I, Because it's a show of manners. Uh-huh. It's a show not about hopping in each other's beds. It's like, I don't know whether to tell this person that I'm into them. I got to wait to like tell them more. And Americans don't have that kind of finesse. Yeah, they, they don't have it in them to, to wait for that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, but I could see how there's a couple American speakers on there making their way onto the perfect match, which I'd be so amped for. All right. <laughs> uh, but Dave, how about you? What are you watching? Um... Not a whole lot this week, a lot mm-hmm. Christmas week, a lot of, you know, not watching, relaxing. Okay. It's family time. Yeah. I, I've been watching a couple of Cher movies with my mom because she loves Cher. So we're just checking some things off the bo- the, the, the list. We saw Mermaids mm-hmm. where she romances Bob Hoskins. Oh. <laughs> they show his hairy shoulders. Doesn't doesn't matter, you know? It's still appealing. She's still into him? Yeah. And then uh, Moonstruck with her and Nicolas Cage, which was wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I've never recommend. seen that. Fantastic. But... Busy times. It's busy, New Year's. Yeah, it's about, it's, hopefully, you get. I'll, I'll get this up as soon as possible. You might be hearing this just hours after we watched Wonka. So, we'll leave you at that then. Yeah, have a happy New Year. You can find us on the pod next year covering Belgravia. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Pure imagination, y'all.